It's time for the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, May 25th, 2022, and with Hell in a Cell just about a week away, and certainly no shortage of topics to talk about tonight as we get through your emails and voicemails. Don't forget, next week will be the TakeOver Show by Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, so only one more week of torture with just me, and then it gets fun, and the main event arrives with Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, so let's get everything started right after this. Are you looking for some relief or just need relief at the end of the day, but CBD just isn't cutting it? Try Delta 8 THC, CBD's older brother that actually works and makes you feel relaxed. Delta Munchies is revolutionizing the way you consume cannabis by skipping the dispensary and shipping straight to your door. Derived from 100% American-made hemp, and they come in a variety of products ranging from vapes, delicious gummies, tinctures, and more. So skip the line and find relief with Delta Munchies. Head to deltamunchies.com, that's deltamunchies.com, and use the code WWE20 for 20% off your order, guys. Head on over to deltamunchies.com and get 20% off your order by putting in the code WWE20, WWE20. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think, and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for, again, May 25th, 2022. And, hey, let's just jump right into it, guys. We're going to jump right into things as uh, I am a bit short on time tonight. But have no fear, I'm going to try to get through you guys and all of your emails as quickly as I can. So let's, uh, let's start with the Grim Reefer, who's on, uh, on Patreon. Uh, gotta love it. Grim Reefer is his name assuming it's a him and so <clears throat> by the way you guys can join a patreon which gives you priority so a priority placement in these mailbag shows you don't have to sift through you know that your email is going to be read right at the beginning <clears throat> so that's one of the perks and along with ad free everything so patreon.com slash WWE podcast if you want everything ad free for a buck not bad but uh grim reefer says hey Grim Reefer here. It looks like my prediction last week is coming true as Riddle goes on a solo run with Randy as his friend. Unfortunately, on this run, I don't see the Stallion winning the title from Roman as I've heard a rumor they are going to continue this bloodline story until 2023. I think I just heard the world collectively groan, um, but meh, I hope not. And now, with Roman being a part-timer, I've lost interest in the main titles. It's just the same crap. Acknowledge me every week. That doesn't make any sense, and they use the use the twos and wheeze the ones. God, that's awful. It's a shame, as I genuinely like heels more than faces, but hey, I suppose they're doing their job well if I can't stand them. 
I can see Riddle and Orton going at it in the future, but I think the turn will come once Roman's dethroned. I predict Orton turning on Riddle once he has the title or vice versa. Last point, is it me or is Ezekiel bringing back the ultimate uh, warrior look? Either that or the dude just likes tassels hanging from his biceps. Either way, I'm enjoying this storyline. Just pure daft. Hey, uh, thanks. Cheers. Uh, and cheers to you, Grim. So uh, a few points here. First, the Ezekiel thing. I, I mean, how can you not know? They have to be self-aware that those tassels are a throwback to the Ultimate Warrior. They have to know. Now, he's not acting like the Ultimate Warrior or pretending to be, but it is certainly a throwback. And Ezekiel has this weird charm to him that it's kind of like we all know he's really Elias. Kevin Owens is obsessed with, uh, you know, proving that he is. Yet he's still got this kind of weird baby look to him without a beard. And, and he's so genuine and, and, and kind of just innocent that you feel for for Ezekiel. And he's got the Zeke freaks and who wants to hear Zeke speak and you know, all these things. So it is a storyline that is kind of quietly becoming a small highlight of Monday Night Raw. I say small, but it is. And uh, I would agree with you there. So... Yeah, as far as uh, WWE continuing the bloodline through 2023, I mean, is that really a surprise, though? Right? Like, this is one of the most successful storylines WWE's had in quite some time. They, they don't let that stuff go easily or quickly. And with good reason, right? It's a business. They're trying to squeeze every dollar they can out of it. So it makes sense that it'd go for 2023, probably beyond, in some form or fashion, even if Roman doesn't have the belts. But yeah, I, I, that's a good point that you bring up, right? Like Roman Reigns in saying acknowledge me, he takes the mic from Paul Heyman as Paul Heyman grovels at his every move, his every breath, which is kind of funny. But Roman has yet to cut still a really like a, an A plus promo. Now, where he's at now, he doesn't necessarily need to, but you'd imagine that they would let him or maybe he can find it find that that place he can go to you know just speak to the fans he has yet to address the fans you notice that in this 18 month run whatever the hell it's been longer than that now since august of 2020 almost two years he has yet to directly address the fans isn't that weird like is wouldn't that be the first place that you go when you turn heel typically it doesn't always have to be that way but you know, Roman hasn't done it at all. And why wouldn't he acknowledge, yeah, no pun intended, the fans in a way that's demeaning instead of just, it, it's all, he's always talking about himself and doesn't, and it's worked because he's in a great position. But why hasn't he said anything to the fans? Like, I gave everything myself, or I gave all of myself to you for seven years and you did nothing but boo me. And I was the nice guy. Well, now, you know, like, why hasn't he done that? Like, why hasn't he attacked the fans yet? It's it's kind of weird. It, and almost a missed opportunity. I, I don't understand why they haven't. I know that's not your question. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, now you got me thinking. But Roman has yet to cut that really, really good promo. It is a lot of the... Name the city, acknowledge me, which is going to translate once he turns babyface into a very nice babyface line. I mean, just think about that. But um, you the twos, we the ones. I don't hate it. I don't hate it maybe as much as you do. Would I sing along with it if I was at a live event? No, I wouldn't. Um, but in the, in the last point about Riddle and Orton, um, yeah, I mean, 
it's very possible, in fact, likely that Riddle does challenge Roman Reigns for that uh, WWE Universal Undisputed Universal Championship. It's possible, and in fact, likely, and then likely that Randy does also challenge Roman Reigns. So while we always say Roman Reigns doesn't have a whole lot of opponents, he's got Drew McIntyre in the slot. He's got likely Riddle either waiting until after Drew is done and losing or throwing himself into the mix and making it, I'd imagine, a triple threat or fatal four-way. of. So how about this, guys? I just fantasy booked something. And I feel just strangely confident about it, even though I literally just thought of it. At SummerSlam, not Money in the Bag, because that will be the first time that Roman Reigns defends his universal, uh, undisputed Universal Championship against Drew McIntyre in the state, in Allegiant Stadium, July 2nd, whatever it is. SummerSlam, though, their WrestleMania of the summer, I think Randy and Riddle are going to be in a fatal four-way with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, whatever it is. How about that? I mean, because, number one, it's not a repeat of Drew and Roman. You get Riddle in there to get revenge, along with Orton, who will be returning from his back injury. And it makes sense. And it also makes you wonder what could happen with Riddle and Orton. Are they going to turn on each other? Are they going to uh, are they going to team up? Like, what's going to happen? So th- that is something to think about. A fatal four-way, maybe a fatal four-way elimination match against or with Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. What about that at SummerSlam? I think that's actually likely when you think about all the reasons why it would happen. So anyway, um, thanks, Grim. I appreciate your email. Let's continue on. Let's see. Anthony. Uh, let's Anthony V writes in and says, so it looks like Roman and the rock is a legit possibility next year at WrestleMania. Uh, not sure if you've heard that the rock doesn't have any movie or show commitment for the first quarter of next year, which opens the door. Why do I have a feeling that Roman will still have the belts by then? I hope not, but for some reason, I'm not seeing Drew taking the the belts off of him, especially after the Usos just unified the tag titles. What do you think? I mean, Roman Rock at WrestleMania 39 has been something that's been discussed for about a year now, where we thought at, well, you know, it's going to be at WrestleMania 38. That never materialized. And then it's got to be WrestleMania 39 because that's in Hollywood, and it makes sense, right? So... I think that that is a very, very strong possibility. In fact, I would say it's likely that The Rock is going to challenge Roman, and I've said this before. I'll say it again, and I'll stick by it. I do not want that match to happen for any championship for a number of reasons. Number one, it doesn't need it. Number two, I think it would detract from what the match is supposed to mean and be focused on, and that's you know manhood and ego and who's the true head of the table. And... Also, it would tip the outcome massively in Roman's favor. It would almost be a foregone conclusion. And I don't think anybody would want The Rock to win the belt because he doesn't, he, you know that he's only here for a cup of coffee and he's, then he's back to Hollywood and, hey, maybe we'll see you next year, right? It's got to be somebody that they can build the win upon. The Rock doesn't, and of everyone you could ever think of, The Rock is the last person that needs that victory. So if they take the belt out of the equation, I'm all for it. So, and I'm with you. The more I think about it, the more I don't believe Drew will be the one to take the belt off or belts off of Roman. They still haven't told us how they're going to 
defend the championship. Is it going to be one or two championships? It's unified, but he's carrying two belts. Like they haven't clarified that. But um, yeah, so thanks, uh, thanks Anthony for your your question, and uh, let's get to let's see here as my mouse fails me, it has failed. Okay, um, let's get to oh yeah, Randy, Randy the patron. And he says, so Raw was pretty good, I have to say. I enjoyed it. I believe that if anyone can do the whole men and women thing, it can be Rhea Ripley. She's, I mean, she is built and kind of reminds me of China in that sense. Do you agree or disagree? I think China was a bit more masculine than uh, than Rhea. She, there's similarities, no doubt, between China and Rhea. But I think China was built more like a traditional bodybuilding man. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's objectively what she looked like uh, from a physical standpoint. Now, she had a lot of work done. Uh, Joni Lore, Lori, Lorer, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, Joni, China, had a lot of cosmetic work done to her face to make her, uh, I guess, more feminine. And I think it worked well. Once China got all the surgery she wanted, I think it helped from a, uh, at least from a, an on-screen perspective, if you're looking for a more feminine woman, then there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I see what you're saying. She is. She does look like she could hang with some of the guys, but I don't know. I, I don't know, Randy. And, and, and I feel like I'm the only one shouting from the rooftops here about the fact that you know, in WWE that, uh, you're going to, you're so, you're so far seeing that when a women, when women and men interact physically in the ring, it's extremely one-sided where the woman can attack the man, distract the man, pull on his leg, do whatever. And the man can't do anything about it at all because there's a force field of invisibility or force field of, um, invincibility around the woman because, well, she's a woman, right? So I'm not a big fan of that at all, but that's so far the been the narrative. And uh, the good thing is that, yes, Rio does look like she could hang. As far as Sasha and Naomi go, Sasha is a baby, always has been. She is mad because she got Ronda. Ronda got her spot. Maybe if you were not winning titles and then disappearing all the time, that wouldn't happen. However, Naomi is not very smart considering your best friends with Stephanie and actually won the titles when there were people that deserved it more. And actually was going to win the match. Sorry, that's my opinion. I get why they're doing it, just not the only reason. And it could have been handled better. I think it could have been handled better probably by all parties. You know, I, I spoke with Anthony DeMarco about this. I've spoken with uh, with Memphis Mark about this. Uh, Anthony, or, yeah, I said Anthony. Um, and I stand by it that there's blame on both sides here. I'm not one of those people that's going to just knee jerk reaction and, you know, start trying to be a part of the, I stand with Sasha and Naomi hashtag or something like that, because we don't know the full story again, Randy and everybody else. We, we don't know. And it's easy to take the employees side here and just automatically demonize the evil WWE corporation easy to do. And I'm sure they're not at fault or, or not fully at fault. I'm sure they made some bad creative decision decisions. Maybe they handled things differently. Maybe Vince and creatives made uh, Sasha a promise that she was going to be the main event of WrestleMania, and then boom, things change on a dime. They steal it. Ronda steals it from her. They allow Ronda to steal it from her, and that's that. Then maybe she feels betrayed by creative. Maybe she does. But also, what about Sasha's attitude? 
You know, like we don't know why Sasha's been in and out of WWE for the last like five years of why she can't have a sustained run. You always are waiting for the other shoe to drop where she gets injured, disappears without any explanation, uh, gets injured or or, or, uh, gets COVID or whatever the hell she seems to be doing every couple of months and disappears for weeks and weeks on end. I mean, again, we don't know the full story. And until the full story comes out, and I hear we hear both sides, it's really difficult to uh, to, to make that call. And, and I don't want to make the easy call of just blindly siding with employees against an evil corporation. Okay, I think, I think that's too simplistic, and there's always more to the story. And blame is on both sides. That you can almost guarantee that. So, uh, let's see here. I mean, Sasha is a baby, though, I have to say. Like, Sasha does seem like an entitled, true, narcissistic individual as as a person. How do I know that? Well, if you're going to go with the belief that everyone on Broken Skull Sessions is just being themselves and not playing a character, then I would have to say that Sasha Banks fails that experiment and she feels like she is an entitled, narcissistic, you know what? She just feels that way. And I, I can't get it. I can't shake that. It's like she's living the gimmick. You heard a lot about Ric Flair in his heyday that he, even when the camera wasn't on, just by himself or with friends out at a bar, he literally lived the gimmick, which is dangerous because it starts to change your psyche into believing you're actually that wrestling character to some level. And I think Sasha Banks has a little bit of that. Mercedes has a little bit of that in her. And it's not endearing. I hate her laugh. Her attitude, she's always like kind of self-aware of how she looks, and you can tell by the way she acts that she's self-aware of how she looks. I don't know how else to describe it. I, I guess the best way to describe it is, is this. If you're watching somebody on Instagram, you know, cut a video or on Facebook, wherever, any social media, and they have the front-facing camera on, which means they can see themselves in their own camera so they know how they look to their audience. It's like she can see herself all the time. It's like there's a mirror in front of her at all times, and she can see herself at all times. And she's always concerned about just, I don't know how else to describe it. That's how I feel with Sasha Banks. It's like she's never being real. Like, I don't know who Mercedes is. I, I, I don't. I don't know where Mercedes begins and Sasha Banks ends. That's a problem. So, uh, but I do believe Sasha is a. She, she she does need her bottle every once in a while, you know, people to to, to uh, change her diaper and, and pat her on the back and rub her belly when, you know, her feelings get hurt. Certainly. OK, as far as RK, RK bro goes, that sucks. They lost to the uh, the Usos. How do they still have a job? Blows my mind. Yeah. Oh, oh the DUI. Uso. Oh, I see what you did there. The is that can I actually pronounce that? The do we so the Dusos? I guess the Dewey. Duisos? Anyway, you're trying to put D-U-I in front of Usos. I get it. Clever. Uh, and tired of Roman. Can't wait till he loses. Yeah, I think we're all there. But guys, isn't that the point? Uh, you know, I'm with you, though. If somebody out there is trying to make the argument that, uh, well, there's, difference, there's a difference in heel heat between wanting to see somebody get their ass kicked and, and uh, disengagement and indifference and wanting to change a channel. 
you know, people I've had, I think it was Mr. Casual Wrestling fan forever. And he probably still believes this, that when I tell him it's channel changing heat, he says, ah, it's, it's heat though. You heat is heat. It's that's their job again. It is their job, but their job is to get fans to pay to see them get what's coming to them. Not for, uh, not, not the goal should not be to turn away fans to go watch something else because they're just truly so tired of what's going on on WWE TV. So that's the difference in heel heat. And I, there is a distinction, you know, so, uh, but yeah. So, uh, Randy, where was I here? Um, let's see, but, oh uh, yeah. RK bro. I mean, it does suck that they lost, but they're trying to, they're building up the bloodline to eventually crash. Like, like I mentioned on the weekend review, they are at the top of the mountain now, which means there's only one way to go. You guessed it, right? It's down. And that doesn't happen overnight. I think it could happen gradually, but I think we're seeing right now the crescendo of the bloodline in terms of championships um, held hostage, so to speak, in that uh, in that faction. So, all right, um, let's see. Uh, actually, have to have off and have time to write this week. That's it. Like your opinion on these topics. Well, I just gave it to you, Randy. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed it. All righty, let's see what we got here. And, well, actually, I'm not going to see what we have here. Why don't we listen to what we have here? I have to stop it there for copyright reasons. I know it was just starting to get good, right? But uh, <laughs> copyright will hit me for that one if I don't stop. So uh, that is, of course, none other than your heel of the show, Mr. Dennis McGinley. And he writes in and says, I'm still looking for three other patrons. Which of your dumb nut, uh, which of you dumb nuts is going to join? If you're not part of the McGinley faction f- five, you're free to be destroyed. Well, boy, there's nothing like uh, the threat of force. To join a group, huh? This past Monday Night Raw, did you notice that when MVP got on the ring to wrestle or compete, he didn't use or need the cane? What are your thoughts on that? This is for the this is for Ritter. I, I would rather take the hair of Bianca Belair to the stomach. I will take uh, that with you all next week. Take care. At well, thanks, Dennis. And I didn't. I noticed it, but I guess I didn't consciously notice it. Like. I remember seeing it going, huh, that's weird. But then I never actually did anything to like verbally acknowledge it. And that's a good catch, Dennis, because I know now that I'm thinking about it, it is interesting that his cane was not a part of the matchup, yet he uses the cane in his managerial duties, which tells you he's kind of like uh, the uh, godfather. The cane is nothing more than a prop. It's not an actual, it doesn't perform any actual function to help you walk. Right, it's just a a part of your gimmick. It's a part of your look, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with that. I I would agree that, or or if you know, if given the choice, I would say, okay, are we going to keep it with him just to 
uh, you know, make sure it's part of his gimmick and it seems to work, or should we get rid of it knowing that the fans know that it's, whoops, he had a match and didn't need it. Why does he need it on stage? I would argue for the former, right? Like, just let him have the cane. I think it looks good with him as a manager. It fits. It's part of his personality now in kind of a weird way. It's fine. No problem there. So, uh, Dennis, thank you for that. And I hope you know that that entrance Sandman is actually or was Mariano Rivera's entrance music for the New York Yankees before he retired several years ago. The greatest closer in the history of professional baseball. I don't really even think there's an argument for that. Uh, Mariano Rivera, as a Yankees fan, I guess that song is very near and dear to me because Enter Sandman was uh, played before many victories as a New York Yankees fan. So, Dennis, thank you, buddy, for that, uh, for that, and I will talk to you next week. All right. Well, let's see here. I don't know if we have any more Patreon. No, 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 no. Damn it. I always say that, but we do because people have emailed me. And you can do the same at mailbag at WWPodcast.com. So Grace writes in and says, hello, Matt and everyone listening. What an interesting Raw. You'd assume Randy is off TV until SummerSlam for a match with Roman. Um, Well, first, Grace, yes. But I think it's going to be a a fatal four-way with Riddle involved, which is going to create some tension there. And I think that could lead to a match with uh, them each other at WrestleMania. Don't forget, a lot of things that happen, or some things that happen, big ticket items that happen at SummerSlam, often lead all the way to WrestleMania. We saw that twice last year at SummerSlam, and I think this year could be no different. So I would expect that even through SummerSlam, Orton and Riddle are still going to be kind of friends, but it's going to deteriorate a little once uh, one of them pins the other in that fatal uh, four-way at SummerSlam. Roman retains, or rather, um, I shouldn't say one of them pins the other one unless it's an elimination match, but if it's just a typical fatal four-way, one of them could be the reason that the other one loses by accident or there's some miscommunication during that match. That's how I think that ultimately ends in a... uh, a match with those two at uh, WrestleMania. But anyway, I'm going way off topic. So, and if that's the case, I wish Randy would have come out to the ring and said basically everything Riddle said. I also think people are too quick to judge Alexa Bliss since she's been back. I mean, it's only been three weeks and we just got her to speak on the mic for the first time this week. I've just seen a lot of criticism on Twitter and social media about her, her theme song, her storyline, even though she doesn't have one yet. I just wish people would take a step back and be patient for things to play out instead of jumping the gun and getting mad about nothing. Yeah, at the same time, when you look at Alexa Bliss's last two years or so, I think fans have been more than patient. I mean, they've done so many things with Alexa Bliss that you're thinking to yourself, okay, let's be patient. Let's see what the payoff is. She's got to get back in the ring. She'll eventually stop doing the playground stuff, you know, and they never, they haven't. And then they stop giving her matches. She's in therapy. They don't explain why her music is the way it is now. They um, don't have her really speaking much. I, I didn't know that she actually spoke this week. I must've missed that. That wasn't on Hulu. So if she spoke, it couldn't have been very informative. Maybe somebody else can let me know that, but I guess my point is that over the last couple of years, fans have been waiting for WWE to do something serious with her and not gimmicky, and they haven't. So I think fans have been more than patient, honestly. You know, um, if you're just looking at this particular version of Alexa Bliss, I guess you know you have a point there. But I don't know. All right, 
So, Grace, let's see here. Last thing, I really hope Paige comes back and gets into a storyline with Sonya. They could play the whole I was a better boss than you were thing, and then Paige could bring up the fact that the only reason you're here is because I made you relevant with Absolution. And I just think that would be a fantastic feud. I don't think her return is an out of the uh, out of this world thought anymore. She keeps trending on Twitter all the time, dropping hints about returning, commenting on posts about her returning, and Edge even posted her picture, hinting she could be in the Judgment Day. Let me know what you think. Also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the Discord. Y'all have been so kind and supportive about my new podcast, and it really means the world. Thank you so much. Which, hey, guys, by the way, go subscribe to Grace's new podcast, the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Okay? You're going to you're gonna love it. Okay? Not just because she's a great female voice in the wrestling kind of male-dominated uh, podcasting world, but she's just fun to listen to. I mean, so, and she, she knows what she's talking about. So that is the evolutionary wrestling podcast. So go subscribe. But, um, so grace, I, I, here's the thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I've seen that whole page thing and, and, you know, I did a whole, I did actually a TikTok about it and I edge did tease that, which is very interesting to me. I would love it. I think page would be perfect. But they already have a female role. Do they really want two? I mean, I don't know if that's a hurdle or not at all. But I would love, love, love Paige to come back and to be a part of that group would be, I think, phenomenal. And it would be really just a shoe in And yeah, I mean, outside of that, you're right. I mean, if you look at Edge's Twitter feed, which I have, he's posted Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, Paige, right? It's, It's kind of like throwing fans the names that we think are going to join back at us. He knows what he's doing. Edge is a, Ed, Adam Copeland's a smart guy. So that's what I think about that. I, I don't, if I was going to be forced to make a decision, I don't think page returns to face or, or to join this group. That's going to be my kind of pessimistic look at it. Also real quick. Oh yeah. I already read that. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Evolutionary wrestling podcast guys. Thank you, Grace. Sorry, guys. I am absolutely on running on E tonight. I want to say that. So, uh, all right. Let's see here. Let's go with Phil from the UK. And he writes in and says, hope all is well. I was surprised they had a clean finish in the USOS one on Friday. I did read somewhere that Randy Orton has a legit injury, and that's why he's off TV. Probably the reason why the titles were dropped and not at Hell in a Cell. Have you heard this? I heard it. I've heard it, and I, I have heard conflicting reports that the injury is serious, but it would make sense that it's serious if they did it the week before where he didn't do a whole lot of work, Riddle did 95% of it, and he they lose the belts, which allows Randy to take time off. But I would also argue, what about their rematch? You know, like, aren't they due a rematch? Why are they not bringing it up? And... We'll know, I guess, this next coming week on SmackDown if Randy Orton is truly injured, or even on Raw, because they will Riddle will likely challenge the Usos to a tag team title rematch inside Hell in a Cell. I mean, that, I think it's deserving of Cell if they want to go there. There is everything you need, all the checks that you need to check in the boxes of a match qualifying to me for inside the cell have been checked with this program. 
All right. Well, uh, let's continue on here. And uh, Phil says, Monday, I was not impressed with the Veer segment. There was zero emotion. Why are they going with him? It's pointless and a waste of time. But during the Open, that was the first time I had a genuine want for Riddle to win. And how about this? Drew takes the Universal title, and then Riddle takes the WWE title. And that frees up Roman to go into WrestleMania 39 to face The Rock with no title. I'm in full agreement with you. If he faces The Rock, it has to be no title involved. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I already covered this in the show today. But, I mean, I'll continue to reiterate it. And here's the thing, though. Well, I will always agree that no title should be on the line when The Rock comes back to face Roman. I will say how we don't know how yet Roman is going to defend the championship. You know, we could have Drew take the Universal, Riddle takes the WWE, but but how do we know that they're going to put uh, the titles on the line in that way? It's It was unified at WrestleMania, which would tell you that even though there are two belts, it represents one championship, which means that in theory, it should just be one championship that they're defending, not two, you know? So, uh, okay. You mentioned Alexa Bliss hasn't talked. They did an interview um, with her before she went out to face Nikki. I actually missed that. So that's my bad. Um, with that next Monday being the go home, do you see anything developing this week and leading into the pay-per-view? It'll be interesting to see if Drew's on the card. If not against Roman, do you think he'll go back to face Sami Zayn? And will there be a tag team championship match? Maybe the street profits with Randy Orton out of action. Who's next? Alpha Academy seems to be out of the title picture. And in this story with KO, there is no one else, but the street profits speak soon. Phil, honestly, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the um, the, the whole Usos just winning the belts and, um, you know, are they going to defend the championships at Hell in a Cell? I mean, it looks like Randy is legitimately out probably towards, you know, returning towards SummerSlam to reunite with RK, uh, with Riddle. But in the meantime, I think that the Street Profits are probably up and they're going to want the smoke. Uh, the most overused phrase in tag team history, but they're going to probably be the ones to step in while RK bro is on the sidelines and be the ones to uh, challenge the Usos at hell in a cell. That means though, that now my idea of the cell being a place where RK bro and the Usos are going to have their rematch goes away. Obviously street profits and Usos do not warn a hell in a cell match itself. So that's how I think that's going to evolve. We'll probably get the, the street profits being the sacrificial lambs to the Usos who, I mean, they have zero chance of winning, right? Like the street profits have absolutely no chance of winning that. And in my fantasy match, I mean, this match isn't even official yet, but thank you, Phil. And let's continue on. All right, uh, so, and actually, guys, the magic of editing, <clears throat> this is actually Thursday that I'm recording this now. <laughs> I'm, I apologize for this being late, I got to say. Um, it was my son's birthday today. So through the magic of editing and stitching audio together, you'd never know that this is actually a different day I'm recording this part of the show. So a um, little insight into uh, sometimes how shows go. Um, so I do apologize for this being super late. Uh, it's, you know, the mailbag is always a super intensive show for me to have to edit anyway and put together because there's so many different files and stuff and emails and everything. But, um, yeah, my son's birthday was today and I, I was exhausted last night. So anyway, enough of my sob story. Let's get back to what you're here for. And, uh, let's go to the next email, which hold on a second. It is from Ian. Ian McAllister, you're not uh, friends with uh, Kevin, are you? All right, for those of you that didn't watch Home Alone in 1990, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but let's go on. Ian McAllister, also known as Whisper in the Wind. Oh, sorry, buddy. If I had known... See, I feel bad now. Ian, I feel bad because if I had known that you had an email in, I would have put it towards the beginning of the show because you're a patron. 
and patrons get priority on this show. So my bad. I will know for next time. Uh, and actually, guys, Ian will be joining me with a f- in a future show, very in the near future, for uh, covering WWE, probably a weekend review. Um, I think it's a weekend review or raw. I've got a lot of people booked over the next few weeks, I got to say, so I should get my stuff together. All right, Ian, let's see what you got to say here. Appreciate if this is read as scrambled through my voicemail and wasn't sure I was past the three-minute mark. Anyway, here's the rest of my voicemail. Okay, well, we haven't heard voicemails yet, so we're kind of doing things a little bit backwards from how you sent it, Ian, but... Uh, repetitive matches are predictable, but with all the resources, why so bad? I don't need a good answer or reason. I just want a reason. Is it truly just Vince? Billion dollars a year? I understand if there are numerous injuries, but I don't buy the whole financial reason to be for cutting solid wrestlers. With many fans such as myself missing the Attitude Era and with and even ruthless aggression, why can't that be online uh, for viewers to see and, and continue the shows on cable for PG viewers? similar to your podcast episodes that are a little more dark. Before I go, your thoughts on wasting the talent of Montez Ford's mic skills and athleticism. He needs a singles push. Appreciate all you do. Well, thanks, Ian. So, okay, a a couple things mashed together here. Now, as far as WWE cutting solid wrestlers and its financial, well, even if they're doing financially well, like even if they are extremely... um, if they're in an extremely good financial position, right? Like say WWE is, and I believe that they are, if you look at their financial sheets and everything else, they have, they have exceeded last quarter's expectations. Well, there's no such thing as doing too well as a company in terms of cash flow, revenue. So just because someone is doing very well financially doesn't mean that they have to continue to hold on to wrestlers they don't believe are going to be fruitful, that's how you make sure that you're always staying ahead of the ahead of the game, making sure that you aren't feeding a, 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 a star, feeding a feeding a plant for a weird analogy that is not going to bear any fruit. So I don't think just because somebody's doing well financially, they, they should just hang on to whoever they want because eventually that that bad decision will come home to roost. Eventually, you're going to be bogged down just for the perception, the hope that people look at you and go, well, well, they're they're doing so well, they're not going to cut anybody. And all of a sudden becomes a safe haven and they're hanging on to wrestlers because they don't need they don't they don't need to. But because they don't want the public to lash out at them, that that's the reason they're holding on to it. They're not going to ever do that. Right. I don't think so. That's the that's the deal with the cutting wrestlers that are. In, in your eyes and others, solid wrestlers, but in even though WWE is doing well, that's how you stay. That's how you remain a financially successful organization is not by hanging on to assets that you don't believe are going to be uh, giving you anything in return, <clears throat> at least in their eyes. So repetitive matches. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. There's, there are a lot of repetitive matches. We got a, the same main event from last week, except the inverse um, uh, inverse result, which was having Becky win this one. So yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, your, your other question though, with fans and myself missing the attitude error and ruthless aggression, why can't that be online for viewers to see? It is. I mean, they have the network Peacock, if, if that's what you mean, but, uh, oh, and Montez Ford, I don't think he's being wasted. I just don't think they're ready to push him yet. He's a future main event star. He's a future WWE champion. He's just not ready. And honestly, if they, if they disband the street profits, who's left in the tag division, you got to remember that, right? So thank you, Ian. And we'll be in touch very soon for our show. Let's see here. Uh, let's go to Jim from Pennsylvania. And Jim writes in and says, so the bloodline has all the gold 
So who do you think will be the ones to de- dethrone them? I will have to say Cody, but I'll bet Roman and either the Street Profits or maybe AJ and Finn, if Finn doesn't turn heel. I have to agree with you, Matt. You said they need to get rid of the women's tag titles because the only one true tag teams are in NXT. Finally, is the WWE podcast on Twitch? And how late do you have to get our questions or comments in on Wednesdays? That's all for now. Um, have a good week until next time. Thanks, Jim. And you you as well. I hope all is well down there in Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> hope all is well with everybody with all the craziness going on in, in this world. And uh, I'm not even getting into it because that's what you're here for is to not talk about that stuff. So anyway, um, so, okay, a few things lumped in here. And yeah, I mean, the women's tag belts, I still advocate. I'm not against, in theory, having a women's tag team title or women's tag, women's tag team championship. I think it's fine. It's it's good to have it, but only when it's when when it's ready. It's like they put the cart before the horse. They wanted to be able to say that there's a women's tag team division when in reality there's a tag team championship with no division. There's a big difference. Uh, and, uh, and yes, I'm on Twitch at the WWE podcast. So go check me out on Twitch. I'm trying to do ex- incorporate more video. And I actually have a new after show that I'm doing, which I'll, I'll announce in my next uh, episode. It's going to be um, something that is uh, a little bit more. It's a little bit more focused on an outside stuff. Not it's not an, an R rated uh, show. It's more it's more family friendly, but it's just other topics. So I'll, I'll announce that shortly. But uh, yeah, I'm on Twitch at the WWE podcast. So check that out. And do I think Cody is going to be the one to beat Roman? It's it's definitely probable. They're positioning him at a pretty high level right now, and he's beaten Seth twice in a row. Definitely possible. So, all right. Well, thank you, Jim. And hold on. I think we have one more email. Do we have one more? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, I, I think we do. We have two emails from Levi, but I'll see if I can lump them into one. So Levi says, here's how I would book this year for Roman. I would have Drew defeat Roman at SummerSlam, but wait Drew walks back after he celebrates with the crowd. Roman gets back up in the ring, calls out Drew and says, Drew, I want a rematch. Something like that. And then if you smell, then The Rock comes out and says, I'll see you at WrestleMania. Okay, so that's your first email. Um, your second piece, you said, I went to a house show and something interesting happened. Roman was facing Drew and it was only for the universal title. So there is, you know, unified championship, just universal and WWE won on one okay so i know what you're saying levi so i think they're just calling it the they actually refer to it as the wwe the undisputed the wwe undisputed universal championship so by them shortening and, and just saying the universal championship it could be just implied that it's actually the unif- the unified belt i mean every single time they're not going to say the full name of that championship so I would. I'm gonna go with it's still one championship, even though I I know what you're saying and what you heard. Um, and as far as your theory about Drew winning, I like it. I have no problem with Drew actually being the one to take the belt off Roman. By the way, none. I think he again presents the strongest case to beat Roman since Roman turned heel 18 months ago, nearly 24 months ago. But I don't think The Rock's gonna come back at SummerSlam. <laughs> I, I want to believe it, but I think that they're going to have a, a build probably towards Survivor Series to Mania. Um, I haven't heard anything about The Rock being in uh, at SummerSlam, even though it is their WrestleMania of the summer. I have no problem with that. I don't I don't think your theory is impossible. 
Um, but I also want Drew to have his moment. I also don't think they would they would um, be the ones to uh, let's say take that moment away from Drew. That's a big moment, and for The Rock to after like a few minutes of Drew celebrating a victory that is massive, taking that belt from Roman after how many seven hundred days, eight hundred days at that point, and then all of a sudden, you know, The Rock comes out, and then all of a sudden, it's all about The Rock, right? when it should be about Drew. So you'd want Drew to relish in that moment because that's a big moment. It's WWE telling the fans, hey, this is our guy again. So I don't hate it, but I think it would come after a Roman Reigns victory, like the way John Cena came back at SummerSlam last year, like Brock Lesnar, the way he came back. Um, Well, that was at SummerSlam. Um, But the way those two came back at the end of a big victory when Roman's standing tall, holding both belts, and then you hear somebody's music hit, that's what I think is going to happen. Now, it still could happen where Drew loses at SummerSlam the Rock does come out, but uh, somewhere between SummerSlam and Mania, Roman drops the belt to somebody else, and the match between Rock and Roman is a non-title, which it should be 100%. So that still could happen. There's, it just has Roman winning. That's all. So good stuff, Levi. Thank you so much. And that, I believe, will do it for the emails, guys. So we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We're going to take a quick pause for the sponsors of the show, and then we'll be right back with voicemails. So stay right here. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Okay, let's get to voicemails, guys. This is the main event, right? Let's get to what you want to hear. Enough of my voice, my monotone voice that puts most of you to sleep. Let's get to our callers. Hey, this is Elijah, and I've been listening to WTFW podcast, and um, I just heard the stat about the Seahawks and the Patriots and the last time both those teams were relevant was Super Bowl 49. So, uh, what are y'all talking about? And the last time the Patriots, for that matter, were relevant was when Tom Brady left. So, anyway, what I was going to say was, you Seahawks fans, you 12th guys, Seahawks are trash. You know why? You know why the Seahawks are trash? Because my Broncos trade for your last good player, Russell Wilson. And with Russell Wilson, my Broncos are going to be the Super Bowl 57 champion. Digest that. All right. Well, uh, not wrestling related, and I will forward this voicemail to our hosts of uh, of the uh, WTFW podcast because I can't speak to that. <laughs> I, I I can't speak to that, Elia. So I will forward this on, and uh, I'll have them respond in the next show. So, all right, very good. Let's get uh, on to the next one. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I got to watch your raw tonight, and I uh, then of course that got added, but. Like I said, mentioned last week about Bianca, she is so cold, and the fact that they only have one more rock to hype up for next week's um, 
go home show to hype up this match is just so lackluster. And I think the if the end game is going to be Rhea and Bianca, how they're going to, how are they going to hype up that feud if a Bianca's cold right now and Rhea Ripley isn't doing anything all that interesting? Even with even her teaming up with Priest and Edge, I love all three. I love all three wrestlers, but this act has been completely boring, completely not made of that worthy. And Liv and Rhea, I mean, Liv, Styles and Valor are are making this work. But how are they going to make that do that match with the character that Rhea is portraying right now? Is that going to fit into Bianca, who again is just very cold? as champion ever since she won it from Becky at WrestleMania. Uh, but that's it. This for a call. Bye. Hey, Kyle. Well, you're right. Bianca's cold, and it's bizarre that she's cold, considering, like you said, she won the main event of WrestleMania, for the women, anyway, the women's main event of WrestleMania, and yet she does feel ice cold. It's bizarre, and it's because she hasn't done anything other than sit at ringside. She's got nothing to say. I mean, she her character has nothing to say about what's going on between Becky and Asuka, one of the you know the two best performers in pro wrestling, or at least in the argument in the conversation. It's very weird. But as cold as she is in a weird way, they could heat her up in just a week. I mean, it wouldn't take long because Bianca is that talented. I mean, Bianca in the ring and on the mic, we know what we have. So it would just take WWE utilizing her talents that she normally utilizes. And boom, she's right back to being in the conversation of like, oh, okay, cool. Or here we go again. Like, it's not going to take long to the heater back up. Like it could happen instantly. So I'm not really too concerned about it. But as you know, as, as it stands now, it's really weird. Like Bianca's just sitting there. Somebody wait, just it's like she's been there for two weeks, sitting at ringside, waiting for somebody to screw with her. She's not on commentary. That That's even weirder. She's not on commentary, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's a very strange Raw Women's Division right now, and eventually they are going to get to Rhea, though. Rhea and Bianca is where they're headed, which is why I think Bianca is going to retain at Hell in a Cell, and she should. And so they're going to get to Rhea and Bianca, and I can't wait for that. I mean, and how they get there, I really don't care. Because they're so good together, it's insane. So, I mean, uh, and I think whenever Rhea does eventually target Bianca, that Rhea's going to get that uh, capture that championship. And she should. So, all right. Very good, Kyle. Let's continue. Hey, this is uh, Ian McAllister, also known as Whisper in the Wind. Uh, first time caller. Excited. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, watching Raw last night, too, um, I do like Riddle being a little bit more serious. Um, unfortunately watching this for many, many years, you know, uh, it was acting, uh, with, uh, you know, the crying and everything like that. Um, I missed that as a kid where you, you truly believed he was injured and all this, but, um, you know, it was kind of a write off. So Randy could probably get some, some time off. Um, but, uh, on a positive note, I think that's going to help Riddle kind of solidify a little bit more of a serious singles run. I know he had one before, but having that mentorship with Randy, I think, helped. Um, also, if not sure if you guys like felt it, but I really would love to see Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton. Um, not sure if he'd be the one to take off the belt, but it's like everyone's looking at someone to take it off of them, a young guy or whatever. What happened to, you know, a veteran that earned his place? You know, I know you had John Cena edge, but Randy, I think, would be very satisfying. 
Um, another idea, um, you know, the 24-7 title crowd, all the backup wrestlers, why don't we use them as guest referees? Um, you know, after watching Miz do it, it was kind of interesting. It's going to make those uh, repeat matches, uh, you know, every week a little bit more interesting, and it gives them a better purpose than just chasing around, you know, our truth. Um, and, you know, and like I've said, I think you said, Matt, before, uh, Bianca as a heel in the future is just a must. Uh, so, uh, everything that she's been doing lately, I just, I hope that she's able to, to turn into a heel soon. Um, that's all I got right now, but, uh, you know, hopefully I'll, uh, hear from you guys again. So good talking. All right. Bye. Hey, Ian. Well, again, uh, thank you for your contributions this week and we'll be talking soon. And so, okay, I'll, I'll try to remember everything you said. Now, Bianca turning heel. Yep. No, no doubt about that. I don't backtrack on that at all. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And your suggestion about the 24-7 title contenders, which is really the entire world, by the way. I mean, is there any other championship in the world in which anyone in the world is eligible to compete for <laughs> i mean that that tells you all you need to know about the value of that thing but you're right i mean they, they could be doing something else they could be guest refereeing guest refereeing is honestly something that has gone by the wayside like you said the miz did it but it's fun and they don't even have it in video games how do you not have a guest referee mode in 2k22 that was a big miss but you're right they could be guest refereeing the only thing is i, I don't know if i'd make that a regular thing i'd make it like a yeah at least do it like one week and then, you know, do it again in a few months. I wouldn't do it every week because then you're actually demoting them further in a way because then they're you're telling the fans they're not even worthy of actually competing as wrestlers on the show. They've been relegated to referees. And also it, it kind of, um, I think, devalues what the referee is because we're supposed to believe that they're these highly, qual highly qualified individuals and yet anyone can do it, you know. So I get it. And I think you're on the right track with those individuals needing to do something different. Certainly. Uh, is Riddle in his run? Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see him on his own. And it'll make it even more fun when, when Randy returns probably in four to six weeks. That's my guess. Before Once we get into SummerSlam season, I believe Randy will come back probably the end of, right after the uh, July pay-per-view. Right after Money in the Bank is probably when Randy will return. That's my, un, that's my best uh, estimate. Um, so, yeah, it's time for Riddle to show a little bit more range. He did with this past week's emotion. I agree. Now, should it be a veteran that takes it off of Roman? It could be. But, again, if you're going to give somebody a victory of this magnitude, why not make it a young star? Unless they literally have no one in mind that could benefit from this, then sure, give it to a veteran. But it's a big missed opportunity if you don't use it to springboard a new star's career. It's a huge missed opportunity. It's right there. It's low-hanging fruit. Take it. So that's my, that's my take on it anyway. Thank you, Ian. Let's continue with the next voicemail. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark coming to you from Mullet Manor. Uh, uh, survived the debacle on the Pake uh, this past week in review. Again, I apologize for my audio problems. And let's get right into it. Uh, and Matt, you're a genius, at least, for trying to help. Um, they're building Cody. They're building Cody. And uh, this past week with the kid, the belt uh, episode where, you know, uh, Seth took the belt and then goes away and then he brings the kid back the belt. Uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. They're building it up. But one thing that I don't know if most people notice, a lot of these refs and a lot of these side people don't get a chance to get a close-up. 
And when Cody was going up to the ramp, he called the referee, the lady over, and uh, gave her that good little uh, five to seven seconds of close-up time on uh, worldwide TV. So that was pretty cool that he did that. Uh, but they really, really – Seth is great, man, and they really need KO. KO is really just a great – you can say mid-card, but my gosh, he fills up two spots in the mid-card, so that's almost as good as one main card, you know. And are they trying to make Ezekiel into the new Ultimate Warrior with this crap on his arms uh, and everything? I, You know, I just don't know about that. And, and uh, you know what, the ref that was involved in the uh, – uh, in Chad Gable's match with Ezekiel, I, I really think did a great job. It was kind of an old school feeling there. Had to mention old school one time. Uh, but it was kind of cool the way, uh, they did it. He stood up and threw everybody out. It's kind of good because, man, Chad Gable can make anybody look good. Man, is that not true? And Lawler, my Memphis man, Lawler made it on screen and they got his ass out of there before he could get hurt. <laughs> so, and I'm not sure if it's just me. I just got a new 4K, 5K, whatever the crap TV and everything. And I don't know if it's me or have they started changing the format, the camera angles, the way they're doing it. It's they're, I know they're trying to get more and more towards the uh, video game style. But uh, it was really, uh, maybe it's just me, but it just seems like uh, they're really getting more enhanced in that and changing the format up a little bit. So, Anyway, guys, uh, I hope everybody has a great, great week. And uh, remember to spay and neuter, of course. And uh, everybody from Mullet Manor, I'm out. Hey, Memphis Mark. Well, uh, thank you for your contributions and, uh, of course, for this past week coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. And so, okay, KO, or, or let's start with Ezekiel and his his arm swag. I've had that comparison and that uh, on this show, other people have brought it up and I've noticed it too. Is it a throwback to ultimate warrior? Maybe, you know, it, it is, I think. And, but you know what, what the hell else does Ezekiel have going on? You know, they, they turned him from Elias to Ezekiel. Kevin Owens right now is actually the most entertaining part of this whole thing. And once Elias goes away or Ezekiel goes away from KO, I wonder how that whole thing is going to play out. I mean, the fans seem to be generally behind him. He's got a great body. I mean, he is in incredible shape. So I don't hate it. It's not like I feel like it's gimmick infringement. He's not, you know, spewing random, you know, LSD poetry like we did with Ultimate Warrior. I mean, talking about the moon and the stars. Like, I mean, weird, weird crap, right? Um, but we have a guy that I think is making the most of this, and that's that's Kevin Owens. Like you said, Kevin Owens is a guy, his body says mid-card, but his in-ring and his mic work scream main eventer. And I think Vince at times can't get past the body of KO. And I think that's a lot of the reason why we have him, um, you know, sometimes not get the appreciation he deserves, you know? So, um, and camera angles, have they changed? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't really looked. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the video games are imitating TV or TVs trying to imitate the video games. I'm not sure which is first, the chicken or the egg here, but now I'm going to keep an eye on it. I really am. So thanks, Mark. Let's get on a couple more voicemails and uh, we'll be done. Hey, man, this is Justin from Maryland. I just had a couple of topics I want to discuss this week. So first, um, the Usos winning the uh, the Raw titles. Um, I was surprised. I thought 
it was going to be some sort of DQ finish, and we was going to get that uh, match of hell in the cell. But I was okay with Roman interfering and helping them win. I, I felt like that that was going to be the outcome whenever they did win the title. So um, I was uh, satisfied with that, and I enjoyed the beatdown. Um, Roman definitely gained some heat. Um, so that's going to show into my next topic. Uh, on Twitter, I saw that, uh, well, not on Twitter, but there were many, uh, wrestling the websites that had that Roman Reigns' the next three opponents were, were revealed. He's going to face Riddle at Money in the Bank, Orton at SummerSlam, and Drew at Clash at the Castle. I kind of like that. Um, I think it makes sense for Riddle and Orton to get a title shot because he, uh, you know, he attacked them both after the match, cost them their title, so. I think um, I still think that they're still going to have some type of battle royal before Money in the Bank because I think Shinsuke, he's still in that storyline that you got Drew. But if Riddle somehow gets a title shot, that's fine. He's not going to win, of course. Then I guess Orton will probably come back um, and, you know, attack Reigns and they'll set that up. So that's cool. Uh, Next, I want to talk about Finn Balor. He was missing on Raw this week. I feel like that was interesting, so we can have some some type of idea that he might join Edge. So that was interesting. Um, somehow, well, they have a week left before the uh, live event, so I'm still hoping that they'll set up that uh, six-man tag match, and then I guess the next member will will probably be uh, revealed after that. Finally, I want to touch on this last topic. You didn't uh, speak on this on your review, but Ricochet. Seems like uh, Gunther is going to be his next challenger, so that should be cool. Hopefully, he takes the title off him and you know brings some some type of prestige back to the title. Probably get a couple of tag matches: Ricochet and Drew Gulak against Gunther and his partner, and then we'll probably hopefully get that match at Money in the Bank because they need to defend that title on a, a live event. So. Yeah, that's it, man. Just wanted to get my thoughts on a couple of things before my time went up. So I'll talk to you next week. Hey, buddy. Well, great stuff as always. Great stuff. And, yes, you always point out things that I forget. <laughs> so you're make, making me look bad. But, no, really, I the ricochet thing with Gunther, I will say I'm not against it. And I'm also not against Gunther winning. I actually would want – I want Gunther elevated here. Walter, as he's formerly known, had some excellent matches in NXT, NXT UK where he was best known. Uh, he's got an amazing face. I, I mean, you you talk about, you couldn't craft a better heel face than Gunther. Walter, you couldn't. It is perfect. He's got a perfect natural scowl to him. As I've said before, he looks like an old school war, like a German war vet, uh, war general or something. A very old school look. It's like he was born in the you know the 1900s, and he was transported to 2022. I mean, he's got such an interesting look to him, and it's going to pay off in big, big money, I believe. And so, I, the ultimate point I'm making is that I re- I would agree. I have no problem with Ricochet versus Gunther, and eventually having Gunther capture that United States Championship. I mean. It's a very tried and true formula of not just the evil foreigner, but the evil foreigner coming in and representing the United States by capturing the United States championship, right? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a simple formula, but it works. Now, uh, your other points here, I'm going to uh, mention quickly. Roman's next three opponents: Riddle, 
and Orton are um, scheduled as well as Drew. Now, I heard Drew was supposed to face Roman at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Then I then I heard that it was going to be a some kind of multi-person match at SummerSlam between Riddle, Orton, and Drew. Actually, that's what I made up in my mind. I think last night on the Raw review, uh, two nights ago on the Raw review. Uh, so I mean, that's my guess, and I know that there's been many many reports. I just don't think they can hold off with a one-on-one Drew and Roman match for another what, like three, four months? There's just no way. They have to get to Drew and Roman, and I think they'll do that at Money in the Bank. That was the last I heard is that was going to be one-on-one, but. But Riddle, now not having a tag partner, makes sense, given especially what Roman did to Riddle, uh, screwing him out of the tag titles, and him getting involved in favor of the Usos, which no one else is talking about this either. The look that Roman gave the camera, or really Riddle, after he realized he just screwed them out of the titles, was money. No one caught the, No one even talked about that. Um, you know, I, and it was just one of those little things. You're like, oh, you sob, right? Great stuff. So, I, I'm I'm with you there. You know, as far as the next three opponents, in some variation, it's going to be those three. I think those three are definitely. I have no no argument there. Uh, let's see. You, uh, I wrote something down and I can't remember. Oh no, I already covered it. So, thank you, Justin. Much appreciated. And uh, let's continue on. I got it. Rocky T, what's up, WWE Podcast? Silver Fox from Houston, about to give you the third installment of Rocky T's Rapid Fire. Already, real quick, here we go. Matt, during your last uh, podcast, you said something about can WWE change the way they cut to commercial break? It's always a big move and then a commercial break. It's funny you say that this week. My seven-year-old son asked me the same question just uh, a couple days ago. Why did they do that? So I thought that was a little fun, a little tidbit. All right, next. Um, about The Rock coming back to face Roman. I know you don't want it to be for the title, but Rock's never had a WWE Universal title match, so that's one thing we could, you know, pin on that match. But if Rock didn't come back to fight for the title, do we really need him to come back? The point of him coming back is so that Roman has a credible challenger to the title, to the reign. Rock came back last time, defeated CM Punk, won, you know, won the championship. So I see that the title does seem to be on the line. Uh, second thing here, uh, another throwback to the 2000 movies that you talked about a couple weeks ago. You forgot to mention, can hardly wait. Uh, number three on the list. If the Miz can hold two tag team titles and the U.S. title, then I believe that the Usos can do the same. If they want all the gold on the bloodline, then I'd be okay with that. Uh, if WWE decides to resign Morrissey, I think, you no, know, aka Big Cass, I think he should go to NXT and will make a good NXT champion. And my challenge of the week to everyone is to give me your list of home state wrestlers versus mine. If you can come up with a better list, that's my challenge. On my list, HBK, Stone Cold, Taker, Mark Henry, Booker T. I challenge anybody to come up with a better list to take on my list and then that covers it for for my rant this week and my record fire also Raquel Rodriguez had a great showing against Ronda you know having 80 percent of that offense in that match that's a future champ and that's it oh Rocky T's rapid fire good stuff so let me go through this one by one here 
if the rock doesn't come back to face Roman or if he does, and it's not for the title, do we need to have the rock come back? Yes. I mean, I would say unequivocally, yes. In fact, I would I would make the argument that having the title on the line is a detriment to the match and actually would make me not want to see the match. Why? Because it's a foregone conclusion Roman Reigns wins. And if The Rock wins, I think it's going to be there's going to be backlash on that, truly. And there's no need for The Rock to do it. You know, I, I just don't. And plus, you know, the, the Rock is in a position where he's, you know, he comes back for WrestleMania season once every five years, and then he's gone. Like, you know, there's no need for somebody that is that part-timed for, there's no logical argument you could make for The Rock to win the championship. So to me, not only would it be not necessary, it would immediately tell you the outcome of the match, probably ninety-five with 95% confidence. And it would also, to me, be a big missed opportunity for a young talent. So it, it's one, two, three strikes there, you're out. Plus, okay, no titles on the line. Do we still want to see that match? Well, hell yeah. It's kind of like when Stone Cold came back. Do we still want to see that match? Hell yeah. Was there a title on the line? No. I mean, uh, to me, it would be more the the narrative of having the true head of the table come back to face Roman, who is the self-proclaimed head of the table, would be a much more interesting matchup with the whole family dynamic going on. You don't need the title to muck it up. And I think that having Roman Reigns versus The Rock, they could get into stuff about family that would be way more interesting and deep than just a championship. So that's that. Uh, your point, what else here, uh, about commercial breaks is hilarious with your son. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, let's see here. Do they want, if you want, or if they put all the gold on the bloodline, like the United States Intercontinental Championship, you would have no problem with it. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but boy, they'd literally be putting all their eggs in one basket. And they couldn't hold on to that for long. They couldn't do it because then you'd have nobody, you'd have everyone like competing for nothing. Like if, if if the bloodline has all the gold, then the bloodline would have to be essentially involved in almost every single segment on Raw and SmackDown because they have all the gold. So I, I don't think they'll do that for that reason. But uh, thank you, Rocky T. I appreciate it. And uh, your, your your list of wrestlers. I mean, geez, that's a little unfair, right? You have like three or f- four or five Hall of Famers off the bat. Stone Cold, Undertaker. I mean, like you talk about like a Mount Rushmore of wrestling that came from Texas. That's not fair. That's not fair. I mean, I'm in New York. What do I have? Like, like, who, 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 like seriously, who do I have? Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Mr. Long Island. I mean, Zack Ryder. Is, is that my claim to fame? What, what, what do I have? Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? <laughs> I mean, I, not. it's not a great list from New York, I have to say. It's not a substantial list. But Texas is, is a very, very, um, def, you know, much more... A much more representative state for uh, uh, wrestling Hall of Famers. So, all right. Final voicemail, guys. Let's do this. Hey, Matt. It's New York Kyle again. Uh, I only have three minutes, so I'll make this quick. Um, So, I have a prediction for for the uh, Judgment Day. I think Finn Balor is going to join the group. I have a prediction on how it's going to go down. So, Ed has been basically teasing AJ Styles joining. I think that's just a swerve to make fans think AJ is going to turn on the on you know Bullet Club plus Liv Morgan, but then it's going to be Finn Balor. It's going to be like a swerve. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, don't know what else to say. Oh, no, uh, I saw a thing on Twitter. Um, there's a thing on Twitter. So, was, oh, I don't know if you're uploading this mailbag late on Thursday morning or Wednesday. If you're uploading the mailbag on Wednesday, today, Wednesday, today, I'm saying this in. It's actually Roman Reigns' birthday. I was thinking about it on Twitter. 
So happy birthday to our tribal chief head of the table. Acknowledge him on his birthday. Because remember, we all have twos, and, he, and him and Usos, they the ones. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I listened to your Raw review. I totally agree with the King's Court being horrible. I also agree about your after show, the Dirty Pockets after show thing you made. That sounds really cool. I'm actually really excited for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Because my three minutes are almost up anyway, I think. Yeah. Um, so one final thing I want to say is Dennis McGinley, he, um, he made a little faction on Discord. I decided to join it because you know what? I've been the same gimmick on the podcast since the voice, since the mailbag show started. I think it's time to change, change things up, change things up a little bit. So, yeah. I'm now a member of his faction. Uh, alright, that's a three minutes up in like ten, ten seconds. So, uh, yeah. As always, thanks and I'll talk to you next week. New York Kyle has gone to the dark side. I mean, New York Kyle is now, uh, a, a, um, a member of the League of Shadows. I just took that from Dark Knight. But uh, yeah, so all right. Well, we have uh, we have to have a, an opposing faction now. I mean, we've got uh, we've got this this heel faction rising. We need somebody to oppose it. Um, so you think Finn Balor is going to join the Judgment Day? Very possible. The argument against that would be Finn's already an established wrestler. Factions are typically made for stars to grow. Does Finn really need that? No. Do I think it's a bad fit? No. Would I hate it? No. It just doesn't fit the traditional purpose of a fa- of a faction. That's a, that doesn't mean it can't work, and it doesn't mean it wouldn't help the group. So uh, you're right. It could be. But the argument against that, beyond him being an established wrestler already, an established star, is that Edge mentioned him. And typically, if you're going to make a surprise, you wouldn't mention a person even as a possibility. You know, he mentioned him on Raw as possible joining and the, the crowd actually popped to that. He was the loudest person, uh, the loudest reaction for any of the people that Edge, you know, put out there for who could join. So take that for what it's worth. Roman Reigns' birthday. I mean, actually, that's the reason, guys, that I didn't post yesterday is because in uh, in um, honor of Roman Reigns' birthday, I didn't want I didn't want to uh, you know, anger the tribal chief. I wanted it to be a, a day of remembrance and reflection for the the tribal chief so that that was the true reason that i uh i'm a day late on the on the uh, mailbag so you caught me kyle anyway thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody for contributing and you guys can take part in it if you're just a listener and you've always wanted to to write in and you're thinking about writing in or calling in that information is directly in the description of this show the call-in number and the email are right there if you want to join um i appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen and apologize again for being a little bit late but you know life life gets in the way and it seems to always happen on the mailbag it just does but um anyway guys if you want to go ad free do that on patreon a dollar gets in you in the door for hundreds and hundreds of ad free episodes wwe podcast on patreon and on apple podcasts 99 cents a month for ad free everything just hit that subscribe button it's a little ad free button actually and our website, wwepodcast.com, and there's a VIP section. Use promo code ROMAN. It gets you 50% off. So, all righty. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And, yes, the after show, the WWE podcast after show, I do have an episode out there. I just published everything. So go do a search. I, I'm not sure if it's since it's such a new podcast, it may not be available in all search uh, platforms yet. 
um, but it has been published and submitted. So check out the WWE podcast after show. I published an episode yesterday and a lot of tips on how to help you if you want to start podcasting. So thanks everybody for listening. As always, take care and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.